Throughout my life, one of the hardest things for me to deal with, let alone accept or embrace in any way, is having to face the fact that sometimes people are not happy with me or people are disappointed in me in that some there's something that I have said or something I have done or it may just be something about me that I may or may not be able to change that is caused has caused someone to be disappointed in some way or not like what they see uh, or not be happy with that and as someone who is what I refer to as a recovering people pleaser I don't know if uh, I'll ever be fully recovered I know that I have spent a lot of my childhood as well as my adult life and at you know 53 years you know catching myself in the act of trying to make people happy and it usually is proportionate to the amount of uh, emotional investment that I have in whoever it is and the interesting thing is that uh, Sometimes I may not, I may put more emphasis on worrying about someone that I don't necessarily have a lot of emotional investment in, uh, in comparison to someone who, you know, maybe I'm related to or that I've known for a long time. It's so, it's rather mysterious to me in some cases, you know, where the decision gets made, how much emotional investment to put into this and how much to worry about making someone happy and I've done this with friends I've done this with acquaintances and I've done this with family and have struggled with it all of my life I have to say that mindfulness practice has made it much easier for me to catch myself when I you know kind of go up do what I call going down the rabbit hole when I find myself really caught up in trying to do something or or it actually really and to back up I guess to kind of slow this whole process down and there again mindfulness pro, uh, mindfulness practice has been what has enabled me to first of all catch myself in the act of engaging in this kind of behavior whether it's conscious or unconscious uh, it also has allowed me to really slow things down in my mind and begin to see how this process starts and how it unfolds and how it kind of gathers momentum as time moves on. And when I look at this, what I find in many cases is that if I slow things down enough, you know, once I'm aware that I'm doing this, that there's probably to a certain degree a, a, a very deep need for acceptance of some sort it's you know it's a need for it can get a little complicated it can be a need for acceptance it can be a need for attention it can be a need for validation and probably the most startling aspect of this is you know has always been to me that sometimes it's just behavior for the sake of behavior i am engaging in this sort of behavior and people pleasing behavior I am really tied into whether someone is happy with me or not or very out of sorts if they're disappointed in me in some way or maybe I'm not really, you know, able to be in a way that they want me to be or, you know, I can't be who they want or need me to be. And 
what I find is that in some cases, it's that's the most mysterious thing about this is sometimes it's just a habit. It's just a mindless habit. Sometimes there is, you know, there are very defined reasons for my behaving this way. And rather than talk about all of the times I have caught myself in the act of doing this and all of the needless suffering I have caused myself, I think that it's more important to talk about how mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice has helped me in the work that I've needed to do and continue to do to recover from this behavior. And this goes, you know, much further than as far as the, you know, the, uh, this is much more, you know, this behavior is much more in many ways complicated than just worrying about what people think about me there. You know, this is, this is a matter of putting a lot of attention on. There is a lot of my, uh, uh, mental bandwidth and emotional bandwidth that is centered around, you know, paying attention to how someone is reacting to me. And I'm watching for reactions. I'm listening to everything that's being said so incredibly carefully that, you know, all of these, you know, this this is a very complicated set of behaviors, at least for me, I found that it is. So the question remains, you know, how do we use mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice to recover from this and to if we don't if we no longer want to behave this way and relate to other people this way and it could even be with ourselves you know I I definitely have struggled a lot in my life with uh, just you know not feeling good about myself for various reasons you know body image issues uh, you know feeling feelings of loss and shame and feeling like somehow I don't measure up or somehow I'm not as good as other people. So this is not only, uh, has not only caused me a lot of difficulty in my life, I've not only gotten in my own way in my relationships with other people, but I've also gotten in my own way in the way that I feel about myself and, uh, you know, in terms of self-esteem and, uh, and being empowered, you know, you know, myself. So getting back to this, you know, I become aware that this is a, 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 a behavior pattern. And as always, I don't want to beat myself up for it. I don't want to judge myself harshly. Uh, there's no point, in, and what I've learned is there's just really no point in spending time in shame or feelings of guilt or being upset or disappointed in myself for behaving this way. At some point, I found that there had to be an acceptance and an embracing of this. This is, you know, this is a long-term behavior pattern. I don't want to define myself by it. But at the same time, I want to be very aware of it. And that's really where it started. I had to become aware of the fact that it was very easy for me to unconsciously slip into this behavior, especially if I'm not really feeling overly great about myself or feeling overly self-confident. I do find that these behaviors tend to take root and really start gathering momentum when I'm not really feeling overly great about myself. And I don't want to, there again, I don't want to become obsessed with how I feel about myself or how I think people feel about me. The idea is really to do the opposite of that. And that is really a point that I'm just making and and realizing that it was a happy accident. The idea here is that the more that I think about 
my behaving this way towards others and towards myself, the more I'm going to focus on this overall. The idea here is to slow things down and begin to really see how I'm, I'm causing myself unnecessary suffering doing this. And once I slow things down and see that it is really a matter of what I pay attention to, the more I pay attention to being empowered myself, the more I pay attention to being in a place of self-acceptance and, and being okay with who I am, you know, flaws and all, the better off I'm going to be. And so if I'm going to, to really pay attention to anything or to focus on anything, that's what it's going to be. In other words, the more that I strengthen my own self, uh, uh, the way that I relate to myself, the way that you know I try to be empowered and engage in practices that allow me to do that, then that I will not spend so much time not you know being sure where I stand. And that's really where you know the mindfulness practice helps. In other words, I you know I want to be aware of those times when I am not feeling sure of myself and it's not to indulge in it uh, more heavily or to pay attention to it more. It's simply to note that and realize that this is just, you know, this is how I feel in, in a given moment and does not have to, uh, does not have to define me in any way. And then I can begin to start to see how I am behaving this way. And it takes a lot of different forms, and it, it looks a lot of different ways. And what I have found is that when I can begin to accept the fact that sometimes people are going to be disappointed in me, you know, and just accept that and embrace it, and that, you know, I'm not always going to be able to, to be who people need me to be, that I will be able to cope more effectively because I, I can't be everything that everyone wants or needs me to be. And I'd spent years driving myself crazy trying to do that, knowing that it was causing me suffering, knowing that it was really preventing me from living life to its my fullest. Uh, it really was not, uh, it was not empowering me in any way or, or helping me feel, uh, you know, more psychologically healthy. And, once I was able to start, you know, really being able to sit with this feeling, in other words, I could be around people uh, and know that, you know, they may not be overly thrilled with me. They always may not be happy with me. They may not agree with the way that I am or the way that I live my life or the way that I react or respond to something. The more that I am secure in knowing that I am who I am and, and that's flaws and all, I can begin to just let myself be whoever I am in any given moment. And so it's, you know, the being mindful of the fact that this is an issue for me allows me to, you know, and the idea here is if I realize that I am worried about how people feel about me or are they just worrying about whether they're disappointed in me or not, you know, just being aware of that will kind of really stop this process in its tracks because once I become aware that, aha, okay, I'm doing this again and it, Really, and I think this is one of those tricky uh, areas because this is a complicated set of behaviors. It's, you know, people pleasing in of itself or worrying about what other people think about us is sometimes very complicated. I can't speak for everyone, but I know for me it has been a very multifaceted challenge. And if I can just be aware that I am, quote unquote, doing it again, in other words, if I just know that somehow, and it's really just a matter of my attention, if I can see that my attention is beginning to be focused in this area, 
and that I am starting to be concerned or be worried or, you know, starting to fixate on it or even to the point of obsessing about it, then, you know, once I'm aware of it, you know, and then let go of that and not take that feeling, you know, that need to be fixated on it so seriously or even to indulge in the thoughts about who I, you know, who I am or who I think I am, I can begin to just be at peace with however I feel. And if I find, if I catch myself in the act of feeling concerned about what other people think, you know, about me or how they're feeling about me, or are they disappointed in me, then I can begin to really let go. And I may feel that way, but if I'm not giving energy to it, if I'm not totally fixated on it, and if I'm not trying to fix things, and this is definitely one of those behaviors that leads into what I refer to as fixing behavior. You know, we're trying to make things okay for everyone else. Uh, You know, if we're worrying about whether or not we are adequate or, or whether we are enough, it usually leads to us trying to just actively flail about in a lot of cases. And I'm not saying this is this way for everyone. I just know that this is, you know, it has definitely been this way for me and people that I've worked with on this particular issue or talked to about it at the very least. If I can just sit with this and what I have found, which is really surprising, and this is really the aspect of mindful coping. In other words, if I'm mindful of this concern that I have and I'm mindful of the fact that I'm engaging in a set of behaviors around this, then I can start to accept the fact that, you know, if someone really is unhappy with me or they're disappointed in me, that it doesn't mean I have to take all that on. I don't have to absorb that disappointment. I don't have to define myself by it. And the, and as strange as it sounds, the more I have been able to, and it's almost as if, you know, when I thought that someone was disappointed in me, I really did not want to know. I never really wanted to hear from them. I was scared to hear the words that, you know, I would I would never want to ask someone if they were disappointed in me because it was too painful. It was just, you know, the idea, you know, it was almost as if I, if I just thought it even though I believed it. And it really is something that it seems very odd to me as a human behavior. I can think this, but I certainly don't want a confirmation of it. I don't want to hear someone say to me that they're disappointed in me. And that has been the most important thing that, you know, in terms of this, beha- you know, dealing with this behavior has been to be willing. And there again, this is a, an aspect of mindful coping. If I'm aware that this is an issue with me, if I will actually ask people, if I think that someone's disappointed in me and actually ask them if they are or if they are unhappy in some way and be ready to hear whatever it is they're going to say. I find that it is much easier for me to deal with this because I, you know, I need to be able to practice knowing and really experience, experiencing that if someone is disappointed in me, if they are unhappy with me, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. I really can actually cope with the fact that someone is disappointed in, you know, in me in some way. I had a really interesting conversation with my daughter. Uh, I was visiting her uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about a particular subject, and it doesn't really necessarily, the details don't really matter. But there is a particular aspect of my life that she is very disappointed in me about. And we are rather close. We always have been close. We've worked on our relationship a lot over the years. And 
it was almost as if I, you know, because I was being mindful of when I am worrying about whether someone is happy or unhappy with me or disappointed in me, that I was able to see that she was struggling with it as well. And it was so healing for me to be able to actually say to her, you know, I, I, I feel like you're disappointed in me. There's, there's some aspect of me that you are unhappy with and you want it to be different. You know, can you please just say it to me? And she was completely shocked and she did not want to say it. She did not want to own up to it. And there again, the idea here was that I was not going to judge her for that. I just simply wanted to be in the moment with her and give her the space that was uh, comfortable for her to just be honest with me. And she fought it and she fought it. She denied it. And I'm not saying that she fought with me. It's just, I could see it in her eyes. I could tell, I could feel her energy and know that she was just really in denial about it. Once I was able to, you know, she could sense that I was really okay with it and that I wasn't just saying that I really meant it, that it opened up this really productive and healing dialogue. We were really able to, and I, and I, I walked away from that conversation knowing, and I know for parents sometimes, you know, it's very, very painful. I've talked to parents before. We want our kids to admire us. We want our kids to look up to us. We want our kids to respect us. But there again, we're human beings and we're not always going to measure up to their expectations. And it was so, you know, healing for me to walk away from that conversation knowing that I could cope with and let her see that I could cope with it. And it wasn't just an act. I really did want her to be honest with me. It changed our relationship. And the thing is, I'm not going, most likely not going to be able to change what it is, the way that she wants me to be different. But yet, you know, I know that she can love me unconditionally. And in fact, if I can cope with that, I actually am making it easier for her to do that. And I know that sometimes it's complicated because we don't know really what we should change or what we can change. And that's only for us to determine. I don't think we can. And that's probably the most important lesson uh, that I've learned from this is that I can't let other people determine what those answers are. I have to determine that for myself. But how can I do that if I'm not even aware that I'm engaging in these in this set of behaviors of people pleasing? If I can't even embrace the fact that you know I am enough, that I am you know uh, I'm worthy as a human being, even if someone is disappointed in me, even if I have let them down in some way, that it's not the end of the world. Uh, you know I can start to cope more effectively and be in a position where I can live my life fully. But I can't. I can't deal with all of these things. I can't determine what those answers are. I can't be secure in myself, relatively speaking, if I am so busy trying to be what I think everybody else, you know, that I think they, the way they need me, I think they need me to be, and the way that I think that I need to be, which may not really be the way that I need to be. So it is, you know, wrapping all this up, it is just, it's, 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 it's definitely been a process of discovery for me to know that, you know, I can actually live, I can actually survive being, you know, not being able to be what, you know, people who are very close to me even, you know, sometimes want or need me to be. I can't always give them everything that they need from me. Uh, if I'm not capable of doing that, if that's not who I am, and it's not because I'm not, I'm trying to not be what it is that they, you know, that they want me to be or what they to give them what they need from me. It's just that I have to determine for myself what I'm capable of, what I'm willing to do. 
and I can't leave that choice up to other people. And I, and I have spent most of my life, you know, really letting other people make those decisions for me. And it, it wasn't until I could utilize my mindfulness practice at a higher level and at a deeper level. And this is something we're all capable of if we choose to, to just start seeing these behaviors and catching them before we start believing everything that we're thinking about what, you know, these feelings that we're having of needing to make other people happy and, and engaging in, you know, people pleasing behaviors. And it's, it's really a start. It's, it's, it's a starting point that I have found has led me to, uh, you know, some deeper discoveries and the ability to actually be more authentically who I am and, and embrace the fact that I can't always be, you know, everything that everyone wants me to be. And I can't always do everything everyone needs me to, everything that they need, want or need me to do. And that it's okay because I, I don't have to drive myself crazy. I just need to really mindfully focus on, you know, who I am and what I'm capable of. And I think that's really where the, uh, the opportunity is to lead a genuine and authentic life, at least for me.